All right, one week, two rounds of playoff basketball are in books for the summer 22 Legacy League season. The Low Post Podcast is here for playoff basketball. I'm Dan Ruggiero. I'm joined by PJ Thomas, and we're joined by another special guest, longtime Legacy League's intern, former Duye's Boys head coach, former bench scrub for the good fellas, and he has kept sports in his blood in the great state of Maine. It is Tyler Cruz. Tyler, how are you? How are we doing, fellas? Pleasure to be here. I've been trying to get on all season. I remember PJ called one time when I was in the middle of work. And, um, but, yeah, it's a pleasure. I'm glad I got on. It should make this a yearly tradition that I get on once a year. We got to do it. I'm so glad that COVID <laughs> has found a way to make this happen scheduling. Hey, I, get, I get the vid. I had some soup for lunch today. We're feeling good. So for those of you that don't know, Tyler and another good Duye's Boys friend, Christian Martinelli, used to run this podcast. So we are thrilled to have Tyler back. Tyler led us to our first win as a, as a franchise with the Duye's Boys. We hadn't won a game until Tyler became, became our head coach. First two games he coached, we were 2-0. So it's it's really great to have him here. Tyler's probably game. probably one of the the most long lasting Duye's Boys members of the Legacy League. So we're really glad to have you here. I started this podcast with me and Josh Toronto. We used to record it right after the barstool. That's road. right. I forgot that Josh was involved with this Josh league. Yeah, game, but like he got internship credits from Joey. Love Josh <laughs> Toronto. Another great friend of mine. Um, All right, let's jump right in, Pete. I'm this down. is the one I wanted to talk about first. The Ozone Boys, we know that the Hogan brothers go away every first week of August. We had that in the very first Boy Bowl, and we were like, no Hogan brothers. It's going to be a wrap. And then in the fourth quarter, they showed up. They literally like caught the early flight in, showed up to end up the, the first Boy Bowl, took the life right out of us. They didn't show up this time, and it was a rematch of their Week 8 game against the Bogey Kicks. They were down a half in that game, too. They weren't able to get it done this time. Bogey Kicks get their first win as a franchise in the playoffs and take down the Ozone Boys, 73-63. to 63. So uh, no jean shorts this week for Zach. Um, that might have had something to do with it, but um, we, we knew this was going to be another battle. I mean, Chase Banks, we talked about last week, had a really good game. David DePina dropping almost 40 points. Um, you know, without the Hogan brothers there, they have the Ozone Boys have a tough time guarding the inside, letting him get to the rack. Uh, Mike Evans did his thing. Matt Bogey was six points. And I don't really quite know who Trevor Filippo uh, is, but uh, didn't contribute much, but still was able to sneak out with the win. So, you know, good on I'm the I'm going to cut kicks. in here really quick because you ahead. had mentioned Matt Bogey. I want to know something. You get your first win as a team in the playoffs. David DePina drops almost 40 points and carries you to the promised land. Where do you get off? after naming the team after yourself to take the interview from that best player after dropping only six points. I, I just think, you know, like move the ball, share the sugar a little bit. I think it was a little bit, a little bit egregious of a move from Matt Bogey there. I will say people might give us slack because we let Shane do the interviews, but that's just our, our thing. He's our voice. So we've always had Shane do the interview. So it doesn't matter how many points Shane scores. So I don't want to hear any of that slander, but. Yeah, a little bit, uh, a little bit of a complex there from Matt Bogey taking the interview away from their star player. Probably the only All Star coming from that team. He got my vote for sure. Um, Would have liked to see a David DePina interview, but I guess I guess we'll never know what, what he sounds like because he hasn't really talked too much. Yeah, and then for the Ozone Boys, 
much of the same from the the three best players they had there from Andrew, Paul, and uh, Zach. But sounds like you a need Bible the brothers there. Hey, oh yeah, no, literally, it's a uh, a lot of disciples there. Because what's uh Patrick and Luke? Yeah, more disciples. You needed those last two disciples to really take yes. you to the the <laughs> land of milk and honey. <laughs> <laughs> but bogey kicks move on we'll get to their game in a second i want to get to the other playing game i feel like we're going to go a little bit quick with these playing games because yeah they don't mean too much twice after all we're going to get to the other one only the fam we have been talking for weeks about how incredulous is that the right word to use how terrible their defense is and they're playing Shitty. a team that yeah one of their only two wins of the year. They had a rematch against one of their only two wins on the year. And they played the best defense they have played all season. This was the lowest points that only the fam has let up all year. And they still found a way to lose by 10. It is the Lincoln 18ers taking down only the fam 61 to 51. Only the fam came out confident. Um, They actually decided to play defense, but. You know, the Lincoln 18ers thought they were going to beat anybody they faced that night. They were right for 50% of the night. Um, you know, they, they got the win. Not super surprising. I think a lot of teams in this league can beat only the fam because they don't play defense. But, you know, Chris Adams did his thing with 21. Stephen Ritchie scored 20. That fell short in the second game. Um, he's he's hot and cold. Uh, Mike Hamilton only had nine. Brendan Reddington had seven but no one really in double digits besides those, besides those top two guys so you know they shot an abysmal 18 percent from three uh to own the fans 22 neither team's really gonna scare you winning a game with shooting those splits so i mean good on them for getting the first for you know winning that first game but um this game was a pick em, i think uh when we when we did it because we we kind of expected that this was going to be a game that could go either way um, it was the right decision to make it a pick them. Cause I think, um, on a good night, uh, that, that only the fam could, could have won this game. Um, I think a night where Jaron Thomas actually shows up, they could win. I mean, six. Yeah. Points I was going to say the yes. guy that was carrying you all year, a guy that after the first three weeks, in the playoffs. First, first three weeks of the season, he was an MVP candidate. Yeah. And then he comes in and he, what was that? Six points. He w- didn't even crack the top three of their team in scoring three for so, 10 from the field. So think about this three we've come to know him as fairly decent three point shooter. I'd say, but, but think about this, right? He's one of those guys that doesn't necessarily shine when the lights are the brightest. And we're going to get to some of those guys that do shine when the lights are bright um, in the next round. Cause some familiar faces that aren't really the top guys in the stat sheet stepped up in, in the quarterfinals. And that's just different. And, you know, it's just different when a guy can turn around in the playoffs and then there's guys who just can't get it done in the playoffs. And that's the difference between a championship team and a team that's going to get bumped in the first round. Yeah, exactly. And a little bit of foreshadowing we'll get to. We won't cover the second game of the 18ers doubleheader right now, but a little bit of foreshadowing. Tom Carroll in his interview says they walked in with the mentality. It doesn't matter who they were playing in that game. They were going to win. And then in their second game of the night, it didn't even matter who they were playing because they were going to get the win. We'll touch back on that in a little bit, but I want to get to a matchup that I know TK knows all too well. It is werewolves and halfway crooks in the four or five matchup. This was the game that we had called the pick because it was a really close battle in the regular season. These are two teams that have played since the very first season of the legacy leagues. And to call it a defensive battle is kind of an understatement. It was 
good defense and poor offense for both teams, I think. And werewolves take a 13 point win, 56 to 43. So There's actually, always the werewolves. what's that? There's always the werewolves in that one. Yeah, I think for when sure. It comes I mean, down to one of those one of those close games. I don't think the Crooks maybe one year, but they've played in the playoffs a lot. And I only think the Crook, I think the Crooks only have like one win against them. These two teams have met. I mean, there's some history between these guys, but it was always the werewolves. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and and I think they have the best player on the court in Heston. I mean, you know Heston yep. very well, Tyler. Um, I don't know if you know, do you remember Jeff Winchell too much? Um, he he's the big man on very the halfway good. crooks. Yeah, good defensive player. Do they still have Lincoln? He hasn't shown up to a game this year. They said he was going to be on the roster, and then Joey was like, if we could ever get him to show up, and then he never showed up. So I'm just assuming he was kind of a lost cause after, like, week four. Okay, fair enough. He was always – because they used to always have two good bigs. But I think with without Lincoln, I think you got Winchell alone in that front court. Yeah, so you like they would have uh, they had Sweeney and, and Lincoln for a little while. Um, they had John Sline and Dylan Lincoln for a while. Remember they uh, had Kevin McCartney. You remember Kevin McCartney? Kevin I McCartney. Greg Bell. He was silently was dirty. Yeah, I they did have Greg Bell for like a game or two. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't even call it a year. Yes, exactly. But I mean, we kind of knew that this matchup. We had this one as a pick'em as well, Danny. Um, and you know, it's just, uh, Brian Heston did his thing, led the way Sam Clifford acquired performance, but really the, the game ran between Heston and Clifford as it should. Those are their two best players. I'm not surprised there, but I mean, everybody on the halfway crooks laying a huge egg in this game. Uh, if you're going to, you can't win a game with your best player and Jared Hansen scoring 14 points and shooting 25% from three, not going to happen. 0% chance you win against pretty much anybody in this league. Um, even the bogey kicks on a good night. Now that we know that they can get a win, you're going to have a tough time sco- uh, winning the game if you're going to shoot 26% from the field. Unrealistic. Joey's um, I think with – um. oh, yeah, Joey. Joey didn't play a lot. Joey's been kind of like catching fire some of these weeks, but it, it didn't really show up in the stat sheet. One shot, three fouls. But one thing I'll say is we've always talked about how like even though Spence Freeman's not the best shooter – He's always able to get to the rim and do other things and score for you and fill up the, the stat sheet. Ugh. He didn't even have that this night. Two for 15. He got to the line a lot, but he wasn't able to fill it up. They're a very good defensive team. Oh, yeah. one of I think from my uh, the defensive ratings calculations that I had made, uh, werewolves are number one. And it's all accurate. I'll tell you. I literally went to the sabermetrics. I figured it all out. <laughs> Yeah, the werewolves are always a good defensive team. That's always kind of been their thing. That's kind of been their shtick since day one, that they're going to be a good defensive team and make you beat them. Um, You know, and they got the win here. Uh, They're going to go up against us next week in the Duyez boys. Um, When we preview that matchup, we'll have TK talk a little bit because those are two teams that he knows very well about, you know, what what it's going to take for each of those teams to get the win because this is a semifinals matchup that's happened before um, when Brian Yaros is on the other side, actually. Um, but you know, it, it's going to be a good game and we'll have him preview that when we get there, but, uh, we'll swap over to another one of the quarterfinal games. I was going to say before we recap or preview games and before we get to another game, I want to say the big thing for the werewolves is now two weeks in a row. You have shot incredibly poorly from three. And what's that going to look like when you play the Duye's boys, when they have their actual rotation, because week eight, it was a rotation that included a lot of me. 
They shot two for 18 in week eight. They shoot, I think it was three for 14 this week. So I think Joey even touched on it in the postgame show. It's last two weeks, you have a combined five threes as a team. So what is that going to look like for you guys when it's a little bit more intense of a matchup when the lights are the brightest? There's always like two or three games a year where Gino shows up and hits like seven threes. Yeah, and I think they're going to need that next week just because to match the firepower of the Duyes boys. I mean, like we say every week, there's four kids who on any given night could be the leader in the box score with, uh, you know, with. Um, well, now that you got any, the point stroke back too, you could be up there, make it five. I could be, make it five. <laughs> Throw me and Verducci up there, make it six. Put Verducci in the all-star game. <laughs> we need to get that hashtag going again. That was a really good uh, trend Verducci that we have ASG. Yeah, we got yeah. a lot of foot traffic with that. All right, moving on to the other quarterfinal game that the uh, higher seed was not waiting on a play-in winner. This was another matchup that we were like, oh, this is going to be a really good one. And it did not end up being a really good one. It was Sin City and the Warriors. Uh, Gion's arguably worst performance of the year in the regular season came against Sin City. I think he was held to like 21 or 22 points. And I know that it's very weird to say that it's a bad performance because that's still a pretty good stat line, but it happens again. He's held to in the twenties relatively, but the Warriors take this game final score of uh, 90 to 68. And you have Devin Pina come back from his vacation in Florida. And we were saying last week, PJ, because we couldn't figure out how to pronounce his name. It was <sighs> Devin or Devon. And we were like, Devon Pina is the Wario to Devin Pina. So Whichever version of him shows up is going to dictate how your night goes. And it was it was the Devon Pina version that showed up because yeah, he was Devon. not as much of a force as he usually is. Devin Pina is Mario. Devon Pina is Wario. And Devon Pina definitely showed up. I mean, it's just, it's unfortunate because that's the game you needed him to really show up. And they don't have uh, Javon Morris this game. He's having his knee surgery. So bless up, Javon. We got you. Uh, Taj did his thing. He's, uh, you know, he's balling this year. Unfortunate to see him go this early in the playoffs. Um, 29 points, uh, very efficient shooting from the field. Um, you know, five rebounds, three assists, a block, two steals. He did, he did his thing and he tried to carry them. Uh, the milkman, Justin Titsworth tried to do his thing too, outscore Devin. Um, but you know, what are you, what are you going to do when you have, uh, Charles Correa coming game ready, Hachi, dropping 20 and Gian, you know, you got four guys in double digits, Sergio DeLomba, um, not Gian's best game, but it's so crazy to say that he had a bad game when he drops 21 um, and seven blocks. I mean, that's, that's gotta be the playoff record right there. Um, it is actually, I was, remember I was talking with you last night cause we were saying Zach had four blocks and I think the record before this was five. And yeah, this is the, the new playoff record now. Yeah. So blocks. when, so, you know, off game scoring wise for the MVP. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's all around kid just does his thing. Um, easily the best player in the league um, right now. I mean, there's nobody hotter than him right now. Um, he's on another planet, so it's going to take a lot to stop him. Uh, we're going to get to see a matchup where, you know, if anybody can stop him, Lob City is one of the teams. So it's going to be interesting to see how he matches up with them. They definitely stopped him in the week they played him. But, um, you know, I think that was early on in the season. So you get Gian at his hottest. I mean, he's scorching right now. So um, 
Tyler, just so you know, Gian's averaging 43 points a game right now, um, which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, easily the MVP lock. Um, so, you know, we'll see how he matches up against Lob. But, you know, Charles has been game ready these last couple weeks, man. He is in a good headspace. He is he's healthy. He's ready to go. Um, so, you know, I mean, if he's going to go out there and drop 30 points too, good luck to lob. Cause those are two absolute star studded fireballers out there that you got to get them on a bad night in order to beat them. Bob's going to have to run with them too. I mean, they seem like a team that gets out on the break a lot and run and they're just like a high stamina group of guys. Whereas, oh yeah, they will I'm go all night for to play a little bit of a slower pace game. Yeah, I mean, I think we 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 kind of talked the words about that, right? Because we we've gotten closer, Gian. We said, you know, if you guys could slow him down, play your game, because you know, Lob uh, Lob likes to cherry pick, sit at half court, throw Colin Burns on the other side of the half court, and wait for a rebound, and throw it down to him. So, you know, if if the Warriors can get out and run when they need to, and then slow Lob down, it's going to be a tough night for Lob, especially only beating bogey kicks, which we'll talk about by by fifteen, but. You know, um, yeah, let's actually be, let's get into that right now. Honestly, that's a great that's a great segue. Speaking of love, thank you. Talking about transitions, you know, I mean, that's one that Joey could only hope to attain in the post game show. But Lob gets the winner of our first play in game. It is the now formerly winless Bogey kicks, and Bogey makes it a little bit more interesting than I think anyone would like to admit. In their first matchup, I think they played like week two or three. Lob beat them by 30, which even back then I was like, I feel like for what we've seen out of the bogey kicks, that is too small a margin of victory against this team, considering that Lob beat the Warriors by 50 in week one. And then they come back and granted bogey's been on the upswing, but the thing with Lob is that Jose showed up. We've been talking for weeks about how he has been MIA. We think he quit. He's nowhere to be found. And then all of a sudden, like the Phoenix from the ashes, he comes in and he's playing for them. But even still, you only win this game by, what was it, 14? I think it was 79 to 65 is the final score. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have uh, – I thought I was seeing ghosts when uh, Jose and uh, Vic walked into the gym. But, you know, that oh, lot – uh, He hasn't been there in a while either. So we thought both of them quit. I mean – we heard from the mouth of uh, a player on Lob City, I won't throw you under the bus, that Jose quit. So it was interesting to see them back. Um, you know, well, he and, say, and he might have quit. And then, you know, well, like, nobody's going to turn him away. Yeah, I mean, you know, if he wants to play, he wants to play. Doesn't really matter to me who we face on the other side of the court. We wouldn't face them to the finals anyway, barring we get there. But Jose came out and did his thing. Two for five, which might be his best night shooting from three ever. Um, Greg Holt kind of came out and did his thing, uh, which Joey likes to claim credit for that he's like the savior and knows that Greg Holt can turn it on the playoffs. We all know Greg Holt's a good player. Greg Holt's a great player. He's one of the best players on – he's been one of the best players on Lob City since they started, and they were – can't remember that. I think they were the green squad or something like that. Yeah, the green, the alliance, the green squad, or yep. the hell you want to call them. Their first name, yeah. Their first. Josh name. Josh Smith shows up all of a sudden randomly. Uh, you know, Justin Tabis shows up. Nuri Mahmood shows up. Carl Lee comes and doesn't just stand under the hoop the whole time, and he's one of their top four scorers. So, I really don't know what product you're going to get out of Lob every week. 
Um, it'll be an interesting matchup because I don't think they have the kind of chemistry that a lot of other teams do right now. Yeah, that a lot of them have been playing together forever, but they just don't have the the attendance that you would like to see out of a championship contending team. So we'll see. I mean, if everyone shows up, that's the lob we're going to get, and we know what the product is. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how they kind of go from here. Um, you know, it, I think that'll be a good matchup for them next week, and, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. That's a dangerous line if all nine of those guys are there. If all nine of them are there, but but that's the thing, though. All nine of them were there, and they only beat that bad of a team by 14. So I really wonder what it's going to be like when you get a team like the Warriors, who are a lot better than they were in week one, or a team like either Werewolves or Duye's boys when you get to the finals, and you're going to, like, press them on that. Like, what are you gonna, what's the product you're going to get out of them? I think they only needed to win. You know, they only needed to put up that many points to win. I think when – all nine of those guys are there. When they need a stop, they're going to get a stop. And when they need a score, they're going to get a score. Very good point. Because as, as good as they are offensively, they are just as good defensively. And you never really think about that when you watch Lob City basketball. But going from your point of they did what they needed to do to win and they just scored as much as they needed to to get a win, we're going to go to the team that scored way more than they needed to to win. This is that foreshadowing paying off, PJ. This is that it doesn't even matter who we're playing. We're going to get the dub. Well, Tom Carroll, you're playing the Douye's boys, and you, you're going to lose by 45. I'm sorry to tell you. It's 115 to 70. Everything was firing on all cylinders for the Douye's boys. And I think I made, I made all the jokes before the Werewolves game that I was there that I was going to break the scoring record. Gian dropping 90 kind of threw a wrench into that. I think if I were there for this game, I was dropping 20. I'm, I'm putting that out there because everything was firing for the Duyas boys. Everything was coming up red. It was probably the most beautiful piece of work, uh, work of art I've ever seen in a, on a basketball court in the Legacy Leagues. It was just everything looked perfect, smooth, well-oiled machine. Um, we've been compared to the San Antonio Spurs of old by the interns. Um it, it was just, it's poetic basketball. Everybody loves each other out there on the court. Everyone knows where everyone is at, at all times. Uh, everybody scored on the team. Um, even Logo P showed up and I, you know, I stepped over half court and drilled one. Tom, I know why they now call Living you Living up to his favorite player, Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard. I, I hope I did you proud, Dame. Um, but, you know, I know why they call him Tommy Freeze Pops because he must have had some Freeze Pops in his bag because they were ice cold out there. Couldn't hit any shots. Um, you know, against the Duye's boys shooting 28%, and you're not going to win a game when you're shooting 28%. But on the flip side, actually, if you can scroll down, I'd like to see our shooting splits because it felt like we shot ridiculous. Yes, almost 60% from the field, 40% from three, and 100% from the line. Good luck beating us if we're rolling like this. If we're clicking on all cylinders, it's a wrap. Lock it up. And give us our second championship if we're going to play like this every night. Is Shane going yeah. four seven from deep is big. That's Playoff P everything out that's playoff P right there yeah and you had a lot of those big performances like I feel like I think the second quarter was like 39 to 10 maybe but it felt like everything that was going up was going in and everything was working a lot of steals leading the transition and they're trying to get into Shane's head telling him to shoot it and he just keeps making it and it's like we've seen yeah. this in the past and we'll talk about it when we talk about the semifinals matchup next week but I mean I think six of the nine guys that scored in this game for the Duyas boys were in double figures. 
And I want to give a shout out to Nate Kirschenbaum because I told him this, as far as the big man set jumper goes, Nate probably has one of my favorites. And he's a guy that like, if it's going up, it just looks like it's going in. And we know that Brian is as good as he is off the bench for the Duyes boys and teams can kind of game plan for that. But Nate's one of those guys that he's like the, uh, he's the enigma. And if you don't like, if you don't play up on him and he's hot, he could, he could do some damage on you. Nate is just a bigger J.R. Smith <laughs> because J.R. Smith's one of those guys, right? Comes off the bench when he's with the Cavs and he could either drop like 30 points or just have like a good night. And Nate, if you're right, if he's hot, dude, I mean, you said it yourself to me yesterday. There's times when he's shooting, man, and he'll shoot, take like seven threes in a row, and you don't even hear the rim make a noise. It's just swish after swish after swish. And he does have one of the sweetest shots I've seen in a while. Um, and for a big dude, he's light on his feet. He's great defensively. Um, so, you know, he's a great piece off the bench. Um, it's just like teams, they, they, they sag off of him cause they don't think he's, he's a perimeter player. And I mean, he moves like a guard and he just, he has an absolute sweet stroke from three and, and, you know, if teams are going to give him seven feet to shoot because they don't think he can, he's going to hit three in a row. And then you're going to be like, shit, we're down by nine, you know? So, um, you know, he's the kind of guy that for as big as he is and being as versatile as he is, and this is not a dig on him. You just wonder what he could be in a league like this if he was like if he dropped maybe like fifty pounds. Oh, he! I think he, he would be an absolute menace if he was fifty pounds lighter on his feet. It, it's just it's just crazy how good he is, and he's like very slept on. Um, you know, I think he showed this game like, hey, I can shoot the ball too. And I mean, we all know that he can shoot. We all know he's got a nice post game. He can shoot the ball, so it was nice to see him. Uh, getting the double digits today and and you know and and honestly he was a huge key for us in the playoffs uh, even though we lost in the finals um, he started for us in the finals and I mean played unbelievable defense without him that game's not even remotely close um, you know and and it's just Nate Nate is a huge piece for us off the bench um, and you know and I, th I think the Duye's boys bench it just keeps getting better and better when you add guys like Kyle Wolf you add Brian Yarf to a bench I mean, that's ridiculous. No team has a bench player like Brian Yars. I think it's an easy lock for fifth man of the year. He might be the greatest bench player in Legacy League's history because former MVP, still got it. I mean, he started this game, but, you know, it's just like the fact that he didn't start a single game in the regular season and we went undefeated is ridiculous. And I don't think any team has a player like that coming off the bench. So, you know, are you guys going with that death lineup for the rest of the playoffs? Like, are you starting Brian for see. the rest of the playoffs? We may, okay. we may, we I may guess. not. I can't give away too much info, but. Well, Hey, let's on the topic of the Duyes boys on the topic of Brian Yars. Let's move over to the semifinals because. This is a matchup that is no stranger to the Duyes boys, no stranger to Brian Yars, because he has now played on both sides of this matchup. I don't know if it's the first or the second semis game, but this is the first one we're going to cover. It is the storied matchup, the week eight rematch. This is the sixth time these two teams have met. It is the Duyes boys and the werewolves. Last time these two teams met in the semifinals, it was an overtime thriller. I have every matchup that we've ever played pulled up in a Google doc and all of the key performances from all of them. So why don't you two talk about 
this upcoming matchup while I look at that, and then we'll kind of sprinkle some some history in there. Weren't they your inaugural matchup? They were, the yeah. It was eighty-five to sixty. I knew it was that inaugural matchup. I knew it was a twenty-point game. That was before we kind of found our footing. Yeah, I mean, signing of Amelisi is very, uh, very key <laughs> to these boys' history. <laughs> so, so Tyler, I actually, I just kind of want to hear your insight. You know, you know the players on these teams um, very well. So, I, I, you know, what do you think that either team, like, what is the key for either team to win this game and get to their finals? Because both teams are no stranger to the finals. Both teams are no strangers to win in playoff games. So, what is your key for both teams to to win this game? And how do you I think, think they can know- do? It? We know what we're going to get from Brian. We know what we're going to get from John and Vinny. Um, you know what you're going to get from Clifford. I think it's going to come down to, like I said, in your matchup with Lincoln, that, that Shane stat, a four for seven from three. If you go to a Duye's boys game, you're going to know when Shane Patrick is there, right? But you're not always going to see those see that on a stat sheet. So when he shows up on the stat sheet, I think that's big for you guys, especially – because it gives, and you can throw Nate in there, give him a rest too. You know, you can. Have, Shane's playing well. You got Nate coming off the bench. It's some probably one of the better front courts in the league. Um, so when that comes to the Werewolves. That's all going to come down to Connor Harrington. I think he was their second or third best scorer on the stat sheet last week. If he can have a game, if he can kind of tire out Shane, if he can be moving around all game, if he can put up a good fifteen and ten, then it's going to be it's going to be a good game. And it also, like we mentioned, Gino too. Gino is a huge key. Like they can win without Gino. Gino can go one for seven from three and they'll still win. But so, if Gino goes five for eight from three, then it's a different ballgame. So, so here's my question for you, right? You have the, the, the realistic matchups. <clears throat> You'll take every, you take every team's four best players. Yep. So we, so we'll, we'll say, say where you want to call it Johnny, Vinny, Zach, Brian for the DA's boys. And we'll go, we'll go Gino, Heston, um, Connor Harrington, and Sam Clifford. So for you, what, what matchup out of that is the mismatch? Like what? Oh, well, easily there. You guys don't have, I mean, probably Connor is the tallest guy in the court by about half a foot. Right, right. No, and, and I think for sure. But then you, then, so, but here's, so like my insight to this would be off the bench for them, you have um, Jared Ganser who was my vote for most improved player. Um, you have Joe Palazzo. That's like the fifth year in a row. He was a very, he was a favorite. <laughs> uh, Joe Palazzo. And then he deserves the, to win it one of these years. I and think you, ha- <laughs> <laughs> and then I you think have the year three. And then you have the Duye's boys bench, right? It's Shane Patrick um, or yeah. Brian Yars, depending on who starts yeah. Kyle Wolf, Nate Kirschenbaum, me and Verducci. Um, you know, so, so, for me, I'm looking at the depth of the Duye's boys was it is honestly what helped them beat the Warriors in week eight because you had Johnny with fresh legs the whole second half of the game. You had Brian yeah, Yarth with fresh legs. Yeah. You know, and 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 so that's probably where the Duye's boys have their strength. They have the same, not not to the extent that Lob has where everyone on Lob could start another team, but the Duye's boys are pretty close with depth as as yeah. far as one of the deeper teams in the league. So um you know, I think that's, that's tough. Up two is going to be key. I think like whenever Heston's out there, you're going to want Johnny out there, or Vinny, whoever you know. One of those two has to be out there with Brian the whole time, or else he will eat. You, you'll eat some guys up. 
Oh, for sure. You know, and you know, you're going to get the Sam Clifford, Zach Tartaglia matchup because that was a good matchup in week eight. You're going to get Brian Heston and most likely Vinny or Johnny. I mean, that, that makes the most sense. Um, you know, and then Gino's going to have either probably Brian Yars or, uh, or, or the other of Johnny and Vinny, um, you know, and, and depending on what the matchup is. Yeah. You know, and, and then depending on the matchup is you, you probably throw Shane in there to guard Connor Harrington, right? That, that seems to make a lot of sense. Yep. Um, or Nate Kershaw. To, what's that? Brian can do some work in the front court too. Like he can turn him. So I th- I'd consider him like a stretch four Heston. Right. I know he's a ball handler and can probably do everything, but he's more like a stretch four. It's going right. to be a good matchup. It's going to be a really good matchup. Um, I think it's going to be probably one of the best matchups of the playoffs. Um, you know, and I think, I think it, it could definitely be a pick them. Uh, I think st- statistically you have to favor the Duyes boys because they're nine and know. I mean, I, yeah, there we're nine and oh, haven't lost a game yet. Um, you know, and, and I think that you just mathematically you have to favor them, but I think it's going to be a really good game. I'd go six and a half on the spread. If you guys I was just going to ask you, you're the, you're the spread master. I'd go, I'd go six and a half here. I don't, I mean, I think it could be a double digit game if everything comes up red again, just because the matchups do favor the Duyes boys, but there are a couple X factors with the werewolves where, on any given night, if they show up, this becomes a it could you know this becomes a ball game, and they're the extent I think, too. Games within hmm. they were down. I forgot what finals this was, but they were down like fifteen in the fourth, and they sent it to double overtime against Lob. Yeah, that was the, uh, the, the winter Lob nineteen. Final. Yeah, yeah, it was insane. Like they they will extend the game. They'll hit their free throws, which is really important in legacy. Not a, like a lot of especially in the playoffs in these close games. It's an eight and a half foot rim. How often do you practice free throws at an eight and a half foot rim? You know, especially when you're playing in other leagues on 10 feet, how often do you practice free throws period? Right. So it's going to, it's the, uh, the long forgotten skill. Yeah. They hit theirs. That's key. So like, if it does come down to it, this could be very close. I'll six and a half to be safe, but I could see it being 15 in favor of the years. Wow. I, I don't mind you saying that strictly because I'm going to pull it up so we can look at it with the different rotations that we saw week eight, where you had me, Nate, PJ, and, and Kyle Wolf starting this last one down here. We still won <laughs> by 10 with majority with down here. We see the game note, Dane Ruggiero, eight points, two threes made whole lot of heart. Uh, and this was one of those games where you were saying Gino's <laughs> that X factor. He dropped almost 30 points. He shot very well. It, it, like a lot of stuff for him was going in. But even one of those nights where it wasn't really the stereotypical Duyes boys, you get a 10 point win. So when you have, if they come out and play like they did last week, it's, it could be a bloodbath. But I think werewolves are going to tone it down defensively. It's definitely not going to be as high, fast paced as the 18 years game was, but it's still going to be a really good game. And I've seen Heston drop 40. Absolutely. He's a perennial MVP candidate, you know? I don't know if he will against Duye's defense, but guys like that, they see that they see a couple go in. It could get scary. <laughs> mm. Moving on. We've got so okay. So Duye's six and a half by Tyler. We're gonna go to the other matchup. It's a these two teams have played each other a few times in the past, but never with the same roster construction on one end because the the Rhode Island Warriors have been in this league for a while. They were the bucket chasers for a while. 
Then they were the Rhode Island Warriors last year, but it's never been this exact roster that we're seeing. So the only real body of work that we have to go off of is that week one matchup where Lob won. I think it was like 134 to 84. And from week one, these are both two very different teams. We've seen Lob lose twice in a year, which is most years an unheard of uh, statistic. And we saw the Warriors rattle off seven straight wins after two straight losses. So I think this key, is something I think is going to be interesting. A key note here is that the Warriors have not lost a game since Kevin Figueroa has not come back. You love dropping in the Kevin Figueroa comments. Is he a bald guy? Yeah, Mr. Yeah, Clean. Mr. Clean. Okay. Kevin Figueroa has been MIA since week two. He's and good. He played with the bucket chasers. Well, I guess that his chemistry just didn't work with Gian and Charles because they have been on an absolute tear since he has left. You know? So it, it, they're a different team. Than any Warriors team have passed. Obviously, Gian's a rookie. Crazy that a rookie's going to win MVP. Um, but, you know, it's just he's that dude. Um, Darcy did. did was he also? did, too. That was oh, yeah, was... Darcy, his brother played. Same with Shane. That was his MVP year. Really? Yep. Rookie wow. year. So some, some rookie card performances. Um, he definitely gets a moments card in the show if you're playing, you know, if you're playing <laughs> baseball. Um, but uh, no, I, I mean, I think the key for this one is 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 Charles Correa. You know what you're going to get from Gian, and you've been getting an excellent product from Charles. And if he can drop thirty, you got Hachi in double digits. And if Gian has one of those nights, man, where he's coming down the court and hitting six threes in a row, you're looking at a tough night, a long night for Lob, a long night. The other thing is Gian, I think if I did the math correct the other day, Gian only needs like 21 points or something like that to break the single season scoring record. Not to get in his head too much, but... I mean, you're averaging 43 on the year. I don't think that 21 points is Who's a got small it? task. Uh, somebody that played on Lob's first team, Max, in the fall 27. Yeah, Max. That's his Max Matroni. Max Matroni. Yeah. School in West Warwick, and a half court shot was basically a deep three. So, like, teams Lob could have put up 200 in that gym, probably. You know, like it was just a small gym. That's an asterisk. In my opinion. How far we've come as a league, if, if I might say so myself. Yeah. And then I think for Lob, it's, I mean, the thing we've been saying every week is what version are you going to get? Who's going to show up? And it, when they do show up, this is going to be a tougher matchup than bogey kick. So I think this is going to be the real test if you get all nine guys to show up. If Jose and Vic are both there, it's definitely uh, what's that product going to be now? For sure. They got three MVPs on that roster. Jose, Vic, Cody. All Vic's there. also the only other person to win defensive player of the year. Yes. That's going to be, Every I think, year. If, Lob's, if, if he's there, Lob's defense is one of the better defenses in the league. And I still think, even if he's not, I still have faith in them. I don't know. Maybe it's because I haven't seen Gian with my own eyes. 90 is impressive. 
but I just think Lob is a cohesive unit. They've always been a cohesive unit. And at the end of the day, they're the better team. Therefore, they've, they've won every championship in this league except for one for a reason. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's hard to pick against them. They're like the Patriots with Brady. Like, yeah, they could go out and lose to Denver every other, every couple, you know, every now and then. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to pick against them. So, okay, I'm going back to Tyler for the spread, and then you can loop back to this point. I'm going to right. Tyler for the spread because the last time that I made the Warriors underdogs and they covered the spread, Gian was screaming at me in his post-game interview. So I don't want to be the one to set the spread if we're going to favor Lob. All right, so I'll make the spread from Maine so we can't really do anything much. <laughs> um, oh, I'd, give him, I'd give him 14 and a half. Is they won their last game by 15. I think that's a comfortable margin for them. Um, I think Gian will probably have 30. But I think Lob can withstand a blow like that with the depth they have. For sure. I definitely think that if it's both teams playing to their full potential, it's, it's definitely going to be closer than 15. But I'll, yeah. I'll go with it the 14 and a half. So what, I might, I might, I might throw some, some money on the, uh, the warriors to cover there though. What would you set it at? You can be in the middle. I might even go at like a, a seven or an eight. I was thinking eight. eight. I was thinking eight and a half. You want to call it 10, 10. I, I like 10 and a half. Half, 10 and a half, 10 and a half works. For <laughs> me. Yeah. We'll go, we'll go 10 and a half. That's fine with me. Well, what so, was the point you were going to make the, well, it actually wasn't a point. It, it was it was something I wanted to talk about kind of as like a closing segment because, you know, we know what potential matchup we're going to get in the finals. Either, you know, Duye's boys and Lob, which we've seen in the finals, like we saw in the finals last year. Uh, half, I mean, uh, the Werewolves and Lob, which we saw in the finals a few years ago, or, or one of those two teams in the Warriors, which should be a new team to be in the finals. So, you know, you're either going to, you know, on one side of the bracket, you're going to get a team that's been in the finals before. Um, so not to really focus on that too much, because you don't want to predict too much of what you think is going to happen. They're both going to be really tight games. Um, Danny and I last night were looking at some stats on the website and we clicked on Hall of Fame and it's empty. And it says, will you be the first person or first whoever to be in the hall of fame so i want to hear from tyler who is a legacy leaks historian as much as danny and i are if you could pick a few maybe we'll call it three players players or teams that you would induct into your legacy leagues hall of fame so players or teams so you can induct lob collectively as a unit I would induct Christian Martinelli as an analyst. I'd elect the Lob City core for sure. The Cody, Greg, Vic, Josh Smith. Josh Smith has been Josh Smith didn't play for a whole season, but showed up every day with a 24 pack of water and always offered them to us. So like Josh Smith, I give him on the I put him on the core because he only sat out that one season and he's been there every year. He might not be a core on the stat sheet, but yeah, if we're doing teams, that core of Lob City. Brian Heston. Uh, oh, this next one's going to be tough. I'm stuck, dude. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't, we, the Duyas came along a little late, but Johnny's been an MVP candidate every year. Um, Brian's an MVP candidate. You got Jared. Uh, you got Jared. 
Hanson. Hanson. Why am I blanking? I wanted to call him. Yeah, there's some. Yeah, not Ganser. Hanson. You got Belleville, who's been along, been around since the start. You know, you got a you got a pretty good K. It's going to be a pretty good bracket when the inductee class comes along. Hopefully, I get a vote. But if I were to pick, I'll, I'll give myself six, and I'll do the Lob City Core, Johnny, Brian, Jared, and Belleville. Is that five? Yeah, you can throw one more in there. Interesting. I'll keep it at five. Keep All right, five. five. Danny, <laughs> I, l- l- let me hear what you got. Ooh, okay. I'm keeping Christian Martinelli as an analyst. That one's staying in <laughs> Oh, there. if you're putting an analyst I'm- in. I- and well, you know, I mean, I could give the nod to you as well as a head coach. I'm going to try to go people that you didn't pick. Okay. So we're going to go Martinelli as an analyst. Obviously, Joey's. Oh, no, Joey. We'll, we'll leave Joey off. There's only so – a three-point contest championship can only take you so far in your career. He's done a lot. Oh, yeah. I appreciate what the commitment Yes. Um, instead of going lob as a collective, I'm going to take Cody. That's it? I mean, he's who I would pick. Yeah, of the three, yeah. If I'm if I'm only gonna pick one player from that core, I'm picking Cody. Okay, fair enough. Uh, okay, it's hard to to leave John off. I think you can vote for whoever. No, yeah, okay, then I'll I'll throw John in there as well. So that's three. I'll find two more now here. John's for sure a Legacy League Hall of Famer when he retires. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Why did my uh, my Amazon just turn on? I don't know what I said that triggered that. Can't think of his name. The guy that played for Boom Shock Galaka. He was a cop and he had a mustache and he was like old. A really slow shooting form. We all called him Larry Bird. <laughs> oh, it's not Nate um, Stitchell. No, it wasn't Nate Stitchell. That's a that's that's a name. Was it him. um oh Trevor D'Amico? No, it was Matt something. He wasn't that he wasn't Oh Mac Matt Camara. Matt Camara. Okay. All right, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got Martinelli, Crawford, Kutu. I might throw Gino in there but just because of the longevity of the career, a thousand career points. The other I thing would- I will say, John Kutu is 15 points away from a thousand career points. So everybody he make sure you're feeding him the ball. After, you know, he started two years after Gino, two, two, mm. three after Gino. So that's why I think John isn't over Gino, but Gino's a Gino's definitely on the bracket. And then last one, this is oh, this is tough. I'm trying to think of someone else from halfway that was there for a while, but Lincoln was there for a while. He's he was, but I don't think he gets a Hall of Fame nod. What about Tyler Barbosa? You remember him and the uh Oh yeah, he was the, the assist Bob. machine. Oh um yeah, he's a good pick. Randy Butler, I feel like, is another good one to throw out there. They were only around for like a season, though. But they were they were a no, dominant. yeah. I wish teams. that they stuck around. Yeah, because they were. They have some good social media skills too. Yeah, they always used to be very active on Twitter, and then one of them came back for Ball Don't Lie last year. Ellis Einhorn. Yeah, Ellis Einhorn was on Ball Don't Lie last year, and he brought the social media game with him. Yeah, he worked with us. 
he were he was behind the scenes, but knew Tyler and then played with Tyler and still worked behind the scenes and then came. I think it was probably Joey roping him in, but he probably liked the league too. Mm. I think I'm gonna stick with those four because I really am having a hard time like trying to make the decision at the end of the day. For a fifth? On Fair. A fifth. All right. So let me let me give what I have, and I'm not gonna pick based on who you pick. I think you induct the Alliance, first team to ever win a championship in the Legacy Leagues, right? That's the Lob. The Lob Corps, but you induct them. Has Lob gone undefeated for an entire season other than the Alliance here? Yes. Which which year was that? I think you induct that Lob team, so I think Lob is probably in there twice. Green Squad, I believe, went undefeated. It wasn't Lob. It was Green Squad. So Green Squad. So Green Squad and the Alliance. I can pull it up for you while you think about that. Yeah, Leave green green squad beat boom shakalaka in the finals in double overtime. Uh, Alliance went ten and zero, and then the winter twenty nineteen Lob City went twelve and zero. Green so think, squad and the first iteration of Lob City both had one loss each. So winter nineteen Lob won the championship. They get inducted undefeated season. The Alliance gets inducted. That's two for me. I think be, this could sound very biased. I think the Duyes boys. The summer nineteen Duyes boys is that the year we won? Yeah, the summer Cinderella 19. sleepers. Cinderella sleepers, nine seed winning the championship, first team to ever win a championship besides that Lob City core, just under different names. They get inducted. That you're, that summer nineteen team. You're a big team guy. I'm a big team guy. I love that. And then I'll give you some players that are locks. Brian Heston is a lock. Legacy yep. might be the greatest player in Legacy League's history, longevity wise. Connecticut League too. Uh, I don't know too much. I think about so. He's League. he's dangerously close to somebody all- from Connecticut. Still has the all time career scoring yeah. record, but Brian Brian's dangerously close to it. Yeah, I think Johnny Kutu, just because he's he's surmounted, he's has so many accolades in the league already. Yeah, only being his what third year, third season does everything. Yeah. No, it's first season, second season I coached, third season I played. This is his fourth season. This is fourth season. No, there's no way it's first his season I coached, second I played. Second you no, played, we won. Fourth year. Two seasons. So this is his fourth. Yeah, fourth yeah, year. His fourth. So ridiculous four years. Cody Crawford is a lock. Um, and I that's that's was Greg and Vic too, too. Yeah, and I, but I think they get inducted with that Lob City squad. Um, beautifully enough, me and Danny also would would be inducted in that summer nineteen. So, you know, I I think I think that's the uh, I think those are the greatest teams that we've seen in Legacy League's history. To be quite honest with you, I think if the Duyes boys uh, are able to finish this season undefeated and win the championship, that's a that's a Hall of Fame bid for that team yep. as well. Um, I think RC could go in as an individual. RC could go in individually. Um, but I, I, I would like to see Joey induct not only players, but teams that have had like crazy years, like the undefeated Miami Dolphins or, um, you know, the, you, you know, just, just teams like that, like 47 Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah. 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 The so. 20 Cranston East senior league all-stars. Hey, oh, we yeah. went to Delaware. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler was one of my catchers growing up, dude. We went to Delaware together for senior league in 2015, had a blast. <laughs> Six teams Delaware too. Yeah, yeah, and we had an absolute blast. Tyler does not have the catcher build. 
Tyler was no, a great catcher. I was a PO by the time I was playing in big league, DJ. I was a PO and a bull. I was the bullpen catcher. Lanny was our catcher there, but they wanted to make me suit up in the regional game. And I was like, no. <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> when Tyler Cruz came up to senior leagues, our coach, Bob Blackburn, one of the greatest men I've ever met in my entire life. If anybody knows him, Tyler will absolutely testify to that. He's the man. Absolutely love Tyler Cruz. Every, every season fall ball, he made Tyler catch. Tyler was actually behind the plate when I tore my shoulder. If you I remember think, that, Tyler. I was on the bench. I came in after you. You, oh, yeah, you came in. You, you might have come in after me, but Tyler was there, tore my shoulder, six pitches into the game. Uh, Tyler came in and, uh, and took over for me. But, but uh, no, I mean, you know, it, it was great to have you, Tyler. I'm, I'm glad we got to finally get you on. Um, Danny, you want to – you have anything else to say before you want to close us out? Well, I was going to say before I get to the, uh, the closing remarks, I told Joey I would do the ad read again, so I'm going to do the ad read again. Uh, this week's low post podcast was been brought to you by legacy sports media. Do you play in a league that could use full box score player pages with career stats, post game interviews, a great podcast like this, and more tell your league commissioner and contact us today. So we can enhance the basketball league you already play in and help you continue to build your legacy. That's a voice for radio right there. If I do say so myself, Rush used to do them. We used to always try to make him laugh when he was doing it. One time I accidentally kicked the trash can because so I was just getting up to leave and he started laughing. I was like, I did it. <laughs> but yeah, my one big closing announcement, I don't know if PJ has anything to add on as well, but uh, I think we had talked about it today on Twitter. It was announced, I think, in lieu of a full podcast next week. Instead of doing the, the recap and the forecasting for the finals, we're going to leave the recapping to the interns we will be doing some finals forecasting, but Joey's going to be joining us next week. And PJ and I will be drafting our all-star squads. We still don't know who we're taking because we still don't know who the all-stars are. He really wants to keep that hush and keep it a surprise for us. But make sure you come back next week because it's going to be good fun. I'm going to draft a team that's going to clap PJ's team by like 30. No chance. Also, a little announcement. I will be judging the dunk contest. I'm going to be super biased towards Zach Tartaglia. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm really excited that Joey asked me to do it. I think it's me, Tom Carroll, and a, and a few select others. Um, so it should be a good time. I can't wait to see some good dunks. I've always wanted to judge a dunk contest. So uh, prepare your stuff to impress me. I'm, I'm not easily impressed. So, um, you know, uh, I'm excited to see what you guys throw up there for me, and it'll be a good time. But, um, yeah, that's it for me. All right. Then that's just going to about do it for us. Um... Be sure to tune in for the semifinals. I'm Dan Ruggiero. I think Tyler just bugged out from internet, but it was great having Tyler join us. I'm Dan Ruggiero. That's PJ Thomas. And, you know, I, I don't have a good sign-off this week, so I'm just going to say uh, goodbye, friends.